0: The existing clients that iasset.com and also Gainsight have, where you're trying to help them scale customer success, which is kind of like a supplier metric versus improving the customer's experience, which is a customer metric. Yeah. And you know, how how do those two come together in terms of in terms of a, a deliverable? Well, you need a strategy. You need to start with a strategy and the tools that you guys have execute on that strategy Mm -hmm. but the strategy has to start with people inside the organizations that are customer success managers building out that strategy and nick i know you do a lot of work in promoting that and even getting people jobs and you've gotten you know probably a thousand jobs in you know if correct me if i'm wrong in in, in that which is having to put the person in there so that they can execute on what's right and that's what happens when you're a pioneer and scott you went through a process of giving this platform uh, you know during COVID. Um, it, 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 because we all had to come back to Australia to be with our families, you know. Um, you know, we're international people, but we've got cute Aussie accents that we live in now because we had to. <laughs> and Scott gave away the platform to a whole wow. bunch of resellers, you That's know, amazing. just to get and and, and the, what they did. What was amazing with a lot of these, if not all of these resellers, the first thing they did is allocated from inside the inside sales organization, a customer uh, experience manager, a customer success manager, basically to push you to the platform because you've got a tool that's that's, that's, that's basically lets you stay in front of that customer. Um, are you, Nick, I just wanted to ask you, are you are you seeing more and more people moving from say operation sales, inside sales into uh, customer success managers, or is it a brand new
1: thing that is coming from from outside the industry? It's a great question Nick. It's it's both. Um you know, anytime you have a new field, you know, where do you hire the people from? And and customer success in some ways it, it's taking some of the skills that you have in sales, for example, you know, tenacity and and persistence and connecting with the client and understanding their needs. And some of the skills you have in kind of the service world of empathy and problem solving and understand the technology and you're sort of looking at this kind of role that's in between. And so what you find is the CSM job, customer success manager, according to LinkedIn, it's the sixth fastest growing job in the world and people are coming in from inside sales. They're coming in from support. And it actually in some cases coming in from non-tech backgrounds, right? From hospitality, you know, from airlines, uh, we actually created a program to bring um, people into customer success, from displaced jobs and from underrepresented backgrounds, so that people get access to this amazing wow. technology industry, um, and we actually bring them into our clients. And and so, yeah. Short answer is, there's a lot of different profiles. But if I just thought of the the basic idea, it's like it's like half salesperson, half you know technical engineer, support person, and you bl- blend them together, and that's what you're looking for. Yeah, because you you
0: do have a lot of end user touch, so you're actually I- really experiencing um, customer the customer experience, if you like. know directly and understanding it more and in feeding into that as well the ultimate consumer of technology you know regardless of what industry they're in and and taking and taking a lead on that which is very very admirable and scott what you know feeding into the uh, prime contractor so that they can actually execute on that and give these people something to do is very admirable i want to move into something that's related to that which is this whole debate about customer success versus customer experience i'll give you a take you know because I want to I want to look at it through the lens of automation versus high touch right mm-hmm. um, you know of course you know all these all, all this is contested and somehow you need this high touch model of being able to create the opportunity and Nick Gainside does that they create the opportunity for that end customer to you know have a customer success strategy by working with the IT and other and other vendors and and, and doing that admirably and you guys are killing it um, and then there's this whole automated uh, argument. I mean, you are 100% automated. You can't yeah. start unless you do that, which is great. And then, Scott, you come, come, come at it from the, 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 the automated side of it, which gives the channel the opportunity to be high-touch because the vendor can never do that side of it, even though it's completely automated. So it's creating unsolicited proposals to allow end customers to digitally transform by building a proposal that says you've bought this now buy that or you yeah. bought this now do that and bringing all those together. Guys, tell me why I'm wrong or tell me why I'm why this this is right and what your thoughts are.
2: Well, can I? Sorry, I'll take this one, Nick, first. But um, yeah, from yeah. a channel part, if you're a channel partner listening to this, the only way you are going to make more profit is to reduce cost. Mm-hmm. And the only way, because the manufacturer is in charge of pricing and competitive forces, right. so the only way you can actually make more money is to reduce cost. And in most channel partners' worlds, the biggest cost are people. You know, rent's probably not a big cost anymore because everyone's moved to working from home. <laughs> people are going to be your biggest cost. Now, people don't want to do the same old stuff over and over again. There might be some accountants out there that might disagree, but you don't want to do the same thing over and over again. It gets very boring. There's no job satisfaction. So the objective of our um, go-to-market is to take all of that rubbish out that a person doesn't need to touch. So if you stratify your... um, your product life cycles into three. So the bottom end might be sub $10,000 deals because at five points, you, you know by the time someone's picked up a phone four or five times to chase a customer, you've lost the money. So automate that completely. Next tier up, 50 to 100, whatever it is, inside sales reps, they can deal with it. Make sure you're not missing the big kind of bigger deals. And then at the top end, to Nick's point earlier, high touch. We don't want to lose these deals. We're across it. So um, again, my message to all channels always been, take out the cost, take out the cost, take out the cost. And uh, that's the only way they're going to make more profit, which is what we're all here to do, right?
1: I love that. Yeah, that's just a plus one. What you said, Scott, there's no way to do customer success without process and automation. You can yeah. do it for your top 10 clients or your top 50 or whatever, but you want to reach all of your clients. Uh, There's no way to do it economically. And also, by the way, the client doesn't want this completely manual spreadsheet based seven different people calling them, not coordinated with each other. They don't want that either. And so when you think about the experience for the client, they want automation, they want process, they want everyone to know what's going on. They want the data to be accurate, you know? So this is good for clients and good for your margins at the same time. Absolutely. So,
0: so Nick, do you think the, um, the idea, um, of, of single vendor thinking that they own, you know, customer success for their customer based on what they singularly do um, is outdated. And the reason why I say that is because no technology lives in isolation yeah. and it's all reference architectures now. So being okay. automating is, is automating. Uh, I will say automating and also intelligent you know, uh, applications and yeah. AI and, and that where you bring reference architectures together and say, you've bought this, you should buy that because you're not going to get the most out of that. Out of That that needs to be automated, but at the end of it, someone needs to sell it, right? So, you create. You know, are, are you creating, you know, unsolicited proposals for your customers based
1: on a widespread of vendors? Yep. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's a good, it's a, it's a good, because a lot of people listening are involved in the channel and, you know, in the early days of, of cloud, there were definitely some, I think, misguided thoughts that, okay, cloud means there's no more channel anymore, right? Yeah, and
2: yeah. Distribution the, is dead. I've heard that a few times. All that stuff
1: is gone. <laughs> right? we're, we're, we're just, everyone's, all the vendors are direct. And I think what ends up happening is customer success is about, fundamentally, about getting the customer to the outcomes they were looking for. And no customer has an outcome that's just about one technology that they bought. As you said, Nick, they're buying a whole bunch of technology and they have a business problem they're trying to solve they're trying to grow their company, they're trying to make their employees happier, they're trying to make their customers more satisfied. They have their desired outcomes and that might involve Cisco and VMware and IBM and Adobe and lots of other younger companies, right? But that their their outcome isn't about one technology. And this is where I actually think over time, the channel will do customer success better than the vendors.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because the
1: channel is closer to the customer, you know, in terms of uh, you know, number of hops but also they see the bigger picture of what that customer is trying to accomplish. And they're not so single-minded around one technology. It's going to take some time to get there, but I'm very confident the channel will become the leaders in customer success you know, over the next five years.
2: Yeah. I think that's an important point, Nick. In the, in, so I used to be a COBOL programmer back when COBOL was a bleeding edge technology. And what we're missing in the reseller land is what we used to call a systems analyst. So the systems analyst that yeah. listened to the business problem and then translate it to technology for delivery. And time and time again, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not picking on Cisco, but Cisco want to sell a switch. So they go to the distributor, the distributor goes to the reseller, everyone's like switch, switch, switch. They go to the customer, well, we've got this awesome switch and here's the speeds and feeds, not what business problem are you facing? Yeah. How do we put together an appropriate platform or whatever that's being installed from a different bunch of vendors? and stand over it and charge you monthly or consumption or, you know, CapEx if you want to and approach it that way. And that's where I've seen, you know, a lot of the sort of average resellers struggle because they're so beaten up by the manufacturers to sell that new product, that they're talking to the customer about the new product and not what the problem is.
1: I love that.
0: Okay, so guys, without the fedora hat and putting on your godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Godfather mind. You're both very successful entrepreneurs, right? So you have no bias. So I need you to go into that little space in your head for a minute, because I want to uh, I want to riff on something. Um, so in, 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 my thesis is based on real experience and talking to everyone in the channel, as well as a lot of end customers, being interviewed a lot, interviewing a lot. Now, um, the, the the thesis is based on um, customer experience is essential, we all know that, but it's almost non-existent in most organizations at the end user level. And this is why, and this is why most technology isn't delivering. And why is it not delivering? I'll tell you why it's not delivering. Because the IT guy, the IT guy was the buyer, right? The IT guy was the buyer and the IT guy basically uh, took proposals from a whole bunch of prime contractors that said, here's the solution to your problem, Here's the solution to your business problem that I spoke to your CEO about, or I spoke to whoever, you, you know, innovation guy or whatever, or girl. And they said to me, we need this. So here's your solution, and it costs $10. And the IT guy said, I want it for five. Yeah. And they got it for five. But yeah. what they didn't realize is they got a $5 solution, not a $10 yeah. solution. They didn't get a $10 solution for five bucks. They missed out bits, they missed out pieces, and wondering why they're not getting maximum ROI from a productivity point of view on their networks. So now this has all been discovered. Now add to that that regardless of that, regardless of that, well now we're also going to digitally transform. So we're moving everything into into SaaS, we're moving into the consumption economics, we're moving everything into cloud, we're moving everything into subscription. All right. So even that's not important. So we are got to move away from that now. The IT guy is still sitting there in that conversation, but the only way an organization can digitally transform is by giving up that antiquated process that didn't work. No, 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 not putting crap on the IT guy. They're vital. Who's going to deliver this? Who's going to measure this? Who's going to, who's going to do IT? The IT guy and girl have to do that, right? (laughs) But who's going to make that decision? And that decision is the customer success manager Mm -hmm. at the end customer. Only the customer success manager, because they know that they don't have a bias towards anything other than return on investment, and not return on investment on the capital equipment, all right, old school, but return on investment on using technology to execute on the proposition. Which is why you know, organizations like you know uh, Airbnb happened. Which is why organizations you know like you know Uber, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, would keep going and keep doing that because they didn't have a legacy. They didn't mm-hmm. have a legacy. And everyone's talking about, you know, the new world of digital transformation. No, they didn't have a legacy. So they were able to start with what we're talking about now and never end. Let's talk about the legacy and how you actually help organizations, how both of you help organizations digitally transform by making the customer success manager a hero, but also making the IT manager the hero, getting them to do what they're doing. And this is a rift. This is not a, you know, this is put your, put your godfather hats on.
2: So, well, I'll, go, I'll take this first, Nick, because you'll find this amusing, I'm sure. So my theory on uh, boards generally in IT companies in the US is the most important guy at the table, and Nick, you know this, is the CEO. <laughs> the second most important might be the chairman, but it's usually you know the CFO, then the head of sales, and then you move down, and down the end of the table is this poor person that's in charge of channels or customer yeah. success, and they've really got not got to say it's just all net new sales, net new sales, net new sales, <laughs> or services or whatever else. In a customer context. You, to next point, the business should be buying the business applications and I see too many companies that IT runs the business rather than the business runs IT and that's where they have to get over and we've seen time and time again this defensive play by, um, you know, our entire industry is about making companies more productive. We go in there and say you don't need all of those accountants and secretaries and stuff anymore, you've got an ERP system, you've got a CRM system, you've got all of this stuff that takes manual labour out of your workforce but as soon as it's targeted at IT as a SaaS vendor, it's like, no, 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 no. we'll build it because we don't want to lose any of our guys. And that's where I think the the change in attitude, especially in the IT market is, yes, IT is important, but they're not the business decision maker and they're not certainly not the ones that actually have to carry the can for the revenue number or their customer success.
0: So how does IT stay important then, Scotty? Because, you know, IT should insist on the IT delivery on the business, all right? How do you remove them from making the business decisions and staying relevant to the IT decision?
2: So I, I think from there's a whole lot of things that IT need to do today that are challenges, security being the number one challenge, plumbing of the networks and how their people get access to everything. There's all this underlying operational infrastructure that IT are absolutely critical. But what I'm saying is generally, and, you know, this is a generalization, you can shoot me down, but the guy that's in charge of sales, customer success, renewals, whatever, the person that's going to have their ass kicked if they don't make the number should be in charge of the decision as to how they make the number. Mm-hmm. IT's about delivery. That's, that, that's how I see the difference.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I like that because you know I always look at it this way when I'm talking to end customers when they're talking about digital transformation journeys and why the these companies are successful on their side. That's because the you know that we, we talk about born in the cloud uh, providers, all right. And I say, well, it's not really. It's they're born without baggage, all right. So yeah, you can make a right. You can so make a decision true. right now that you're transforming digitally and acting the same way as contemporary organisations are all right, by just letting go of your baggage. All right. Yeah. Now, how do you do that? You have to have platforms like Gainsight and iAsset. So Nick, tell me tell me your take on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, for, I mean, first of all, what Scott said really resonated about the hierarchy of roles inside a company, exactly what you said, and that's changing. I think it's changing, which is great. Yeah. People are recognizing customer success and channel are so much more strategic than they were before, but that's definitely the, the legacy, the baggage that we all kind of carry forward. So I think on our on our end, I just very tactically, there's three things that I think are very important when you go through this transformation from a tech perspective um, within our world. Love to hear from Scott as well. In our world, number one, get a get you need to get your data together. No more excuses on that. Absolutely. Bad data. So you have a com- complete view of the customer and the health of that customer and what they own, and just inexcusable not to have that. Number two is customer success is a. Establish discipline now. And so establishing a world-class process for doing this, and obviously our technology has that built in, but just like in general, creating this is a great process inside your company. And then number three, using automation to find ways to scale this. So to your point, you don't need to uh, kill your margins, right? You keep improving your margins and you scale customer success at the same time. It's not an either or.
2: Absolutely. And I think... um, The point about the manufacturers and channel, you know, because we're channel guys, is there's two types of manufacturers on the planet today. There's manufacturers with a channel and then there's channel led manufacturers. And the ones that are channel led are the ones that are the most successful on the planet. The ones that put up with a channel because they have to (laughs) delivery are the ones that always are in channel conflict. There's always issues going on.
0: Yeah, yes. both of you are also uh, leading me to talk a little bit about you know, for, including concluding this with the influencer community. And you guys talked a little mm-hmm. bit about the VCs and the um, and, and the private equity, where they're looking for efficiencies, um, and the only way to do that is, uh, in terms of you know, recurring revenue uh, for customer retention and also net new as well, right? Because you've got to mm-hmm. build bring net new customers. Why? Because if you're doing it and someone else is you're going to win their customers end of story and, yep. and vice versa so they're looking for that but they're also looking so they're looking for you know cost savings but also looking for revenue improvements and revenue protection i agree 100 percent. there's also this other community of influences that are coming in now that can't be ignored and that is the big six i call it the big six rather than the big four accounting firms because they're coming at it from a position of risk and risk for their customer is that they become redundant so that they don't get swallowed up by the next uber or, or, or the next airbnb so they talk in terms of that and what they're doing is buying up it companies they're buying up it uh deliverers right so they can come in and and, and understanding the in way to do that you have to you know be part of the process and they understand uh, customer success and customer experience i should say from a position of risk which has never really happened before what do you what, what, what's your take on that your experience, I, I really want to uh, uh, say, not touch. Not, not Nick, can we start with
1: you? Oh, well, actually, I'd be interested in hearing Scott's perspective for just because it's an area you know much better. You know, all, well, all it, look,
2: I, I think, and I know we're wrapping up on the hour, but I think um, to Nick's point, I knew that this was getting serious in the big four or six when we started getting leads coming in from them, not leads for them to buy it, but leads for them because their customers are saying, I've got to deal with all these product life cycle issues. And when they start calling, you know it's actually at the forefront of these customers' minds, which is a first, you know, this year has been a first for us as far as that outsider coming in because they've been asked to solve a problem that the companies that they're representing or they're uh, servicing, haven't solved. And I mean, you know, look at Honeywell. We've had Honeywell on for eight years. They they've still got divisions out there. They've got no idea where everything is.
1: Yeah, so so true. We're seeing more and more of the big six, big four, whatever you call it. They're they're building practices around customer success and customer yep. experience because this is so transformative. So yeah.
0: Yeah, very, very, very much. It's very obvious. Guys, I'm conscious of time. Uh, What I do want to do is, uh, Nick, we've got to have you back, mate, because we can keep going (laughs) forever.
1: Oh, yeah, this is so fun. I love it.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Scott. We've we've only scratched the surface. I don't want to get into some practicals next time. So if you'll you'll come back and hang with us, uh, that would be awesome. And Scott, again, thank you as always. I really thank you guys for being, you know, open, vulnerable, and also so entrepreneurial, because it's you know if we're this side of the chasm that's 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 really important that's how it's going to happen absolutely biases. and uh, we'll have this we'll have this out really quick so thank you to everyone for tuning in and listening to this we're going to have a lot of show notes at at the, at the bottom of this because there's a lot of reference that both Nick and Scott talked to and Nick and Scott have some incredible white papers and some uh, guides uh, that that will t- that will help in some of the uh, narrative that we've had today um, everybody look after your customers, make sure they're successful. You'll become successful, successful, uh, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day or night wherever, whenever you're listening to this, looking forward to talking to you uh, next time. We will have uh, my mate Jay McBain back on to talk about the next level of uh, uh, influences and influencing the channel relative to customer success. Of course, um, again, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough. Look forward to having you both back um, all the best. Take care. Thanks very you
1: much.